This is the Partnership for the Arts Talk Show, where we talk art. This is Victor Gartner, and welcome to another episode of Where We Talk Art. Today, we have Barry Thorne, a multimedia artist, to talk about his work. And I will introduce Barry right after this short message. This is Partnership for the Arts. Come join us as we explore the world of art. You can find us on our Facebook page at Partnership for the Arts Group Talk Show. Or you can find us on our new website at pftatalkshow.org. PFTA Talk Show is recorded at the Visual Arts Center in Punta Gorda, Florida. We are back and in our studio we have Barry Thorne, Welcome, Barry. It's so good to have you join us. Victor, thank you so much for having me here today. I really admire you as a person and your art. You are so generous. You have given the Art Center not only your talent, but you have given it many objects as well that we have used. And me personally, I, you know that I have used a lot of things that you have given me. Yes, yes. Well, you're very welcome. I'm so glad that someone can use them in a creative way. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but they all have been used. I remember <laughs> that one time you gave me all those trophies, and I said, yes. these are so heavy, I can hardly lift these. And we have a rule at my house, if I don't have to use it, if I can't use it in two years, I have to throw it away. Mm. And I had those for over a year before I said, I can do this. And Victor, you can be proud that all of those were used and brought great joy to a lot of young artists' lives. They got remodified and repurposed, but they were fabulous. Excellent. I'm so happy. <laughs> Very good. Now, on your bio, which um, you sent me just the other day, I discovered a Battle Creek, Michigan connection between you and me. Really? Yes. Most of your career, you were in, you were in Battle Creek as a teacher. That's correct. About how many years was that? That was 35 years. And that's a long time for a teaching career. Yes. It seemed like it went very quickly. The years went quickly. Some of the days were very long, though. It was, <laughs> it's a tough inner city school, and there were days at the end of the day that I said, why am I doing this? But it was a very rewarding career, and Battle Creek is a very interesting city with a lot of history. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it's the home of Kellogg's, is it not? It is, and post, and believe it or not, the Seventh-day Adventist religion started in Battle Creek, Michigan. Very few people know that. I didn't know that. Well, I just learned something today. Very good. I try to learn something every day, and there we go. And I did a semester at the Battle Creek Rehab Center, when I was working on my graduate degree in speech mythology at Western Michigan University in Kalamazoo. That's one of my, that's where I did my graduate work also. I went to uh, Michigan State for my undergraduate and Western for my graduate work. Yeah. Well, you stepped up to a real college. Well, <laughs> a good friend, friend of mine made me go there. He said, Barry, you're not going to Michigan State. It's too far away and too expensive. You're going to Western. And he was right. 
and it worked out very well for me, Victor. It worked out well for me, too. I have, I have a friend who I hope is going to hear this recording because he is such a Michigan State fan. He, he will definitely be tracking me down <laughs> this recording very where I good. said you went to a real college. What did you teach, by the way? I taught social studies, mainly psychology. That's what I started out majoring in, and I taught that in high school, which is unusual, but before I left, I wound up teaching every single social studies class mm -hmm. that we offered. Didn't uh, get a chance to teach much history until my very last year there, and I got to finally teach about the Civil War, which is one of my favorite topics as well. Excellent. Well, reading your bio, I was a bit intimidated because you have such a sophisticated writing style. I thank you for that compliment. You're not the only one who has told me that. There was actually a professional writer who taught at our school, and he said, Barry, I don't know if you know this, but you're a good writer. Yes, he I agree. He had published uh, many things. That's as important to me as being a good visual artist as well. Thank you for that compliment. Well, you're quite welcome. And because I have a very limited understanding of art when presented in a non-traditional way, I don't really necessarily understand it or even some of the terminology that goes along with it. So, Barry, I'm going to read to you a couple of sentences from your bio, and I would like you to elaborate on each one of those. Okay. Okay. So here's the first one. Quote, Thorn creates mixed media assemblages and conceptual artworks. So could you explain to us what an assemblage is and, and what a concept art is? An assemblage um, is an art form that was developed by a female artist who was actually from Ukraine. She was born there when it was still Russia. An assemblage is a new piece of artwork that is put together from other smaller objects. They can be found objects, they can be natural, they can be pieces of wood. In the case of what we talked about, they were pieces mm -hmm. of the trophies that you gave me. Right. So you put those together in a new and often rather abstract form. Although they don't necessarily, these artworks don't have to necessarily be abstract, they often take on a, an identity of their own and become a new object. And I am amazed at how popular these are. A lot of times I will use palm fronds because they're, I call them the ultimate Florida souvenir. That uh, <laughs> And there's no shortage of them. <laughs> no, there isn't. Uh, that's really what an assemblage is. And, I, I think they're very interesting. And, and what would you consider conceptual art? To me, conceptual art, I like art that will tell a story. When I was a kid, for example, my grandparents got Saturday Evening Post, and Norman Rockwell's art was often on the cover of that. Sure and was. I loved the way he could tell a whole story just by a piece of art. 
Yes. I'm not saying that I'm as good as Norman Rockwell by any means, but I like the fact that sometimes my art has a concept or something that is unusual that you couldn't really see in real life, but by painting this or assembling this, what happens is, well, you know, there it is. One of the, uh, one of my favorite pieces of art is the fish with the pearl earring where I've taken a famous painting and made it out of a palm frond that's rather fish shaped. Right. And the girl has, the, or the fish girl has the same blue eyes and looking back over her shoulder and there is a large pearl on a fish hook that comes off of her ear. That's what I call a concept. I love to do parody types of things. And I'll have probably a couple more, hopefully, by the time we get around to the next show. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm sure Vermeer, if he's listening to this, would be, uh, would be interested in, <laughs> in knowing that so many years later, people are still affected by his work and influenced by his work. All right. The next sentence, it says, quote, Sometimes they, meaning the artworks, appear idiosyncratic and quirky. At other times, they seem typical byproducts of American superabundance and marketing. Wow, that's <laughs> hard to explain. Sometimes I'm often amazed at the people who will buy and compliment me on my art. And I know you know Barbara Archer. Yes. And she is a big fan of my art. She has at least four pieces of it. And she's the last right. person that I would think uh, would want that. And she told me, she says, Barry, you don't charge enough for your art. Now, that was after she had bought four pieces of it. But well, you don't say that before you buy it. <laughs> that's right. That's okay. <laughs> and uh, I'm surprised that she says, you have a bent brain. And I thought, wow, is that a put down or a compliment? Well, I guess it's whatever you interpret it. But when I was on the cover of the Harbor Style magazine, she yes. called the article Brain Bending Art. And I don't mind that. <laughs> uh, that's what, to me, is kind of like a whacking on a concept means. It's just, it's going to stretch reality a little bit. Here's the last sentence. Uh, quote, Barry's art style has been described by other artists as being bent brain, just as you said, yeah. and often causes viewers to wonder, what was he thinking when he created it? So I guess there are two different ways you could see that. You could say, what was he thinking? Or, what was he thinking? Exactly <laughs> right. And, and not that I'm against realism. I wish I could do a better job of that. And But... It's maybe easier for me to do a parody of something or something whimsical or imaginary. And, you know, I can't argue with success. I've had a lot of that. I'm proud to say that my art is in a lot of people's homes and in a lot of different states and even in a different countries so around the world. So I've been very happy with the success that I've had in art. It came rather late in my life. Not that I haven't always done art. I did a lot of art when I was teaching school. But uh, I'd like to thank everybody who's ever appreciated what I've done. Thank you for that. I uh, <laughs> don't tend to 
interpret my art anymore. I like to have people interpret that for themselves. Exactly. Uh, yeah, uh, because I think you can lose a sale that way sometimes because people like to think that they understand what's there. And if they see that there, that's fine with me. Mm -hmm. I learned that very young. There's a very famous art show in Michigan called the Ann Arbor Art Fair and very prestigious, and you have to be invited to show there. Well, I had a friend who was a jeweler there. He was an artist, but he, had, he didn't like the art fair because he said it's way too commercial. He says, I want you to bring your stuff, just anything you want to bring, All right. and set it up in front of my shop. I said, well, that's cool, because he said, somebody will come and set up there if I'm not out there, and I'm not going to go out there. I don't believe in all this. Mm -hmm and had a few paintings and this one gentleman stops by very young of course i was very young then too he says what were you trying to say with this mr thorne i said what do you think and he says this is the eternal struggle of good versus evil and the choices that man has to make every day in his life and i just said Oh, my goodness, you have explained exactly what I was to, uh, trying to portray in this artwork. I, I can't believe it. I couldn't have explained it and thought it right away. But I, I always like it when people give their own meanings to what. And, and people are going to do that every day in this world. That, that's how the world works, in my opinion. Yes, and sometimes people will look at my work and they say, well, why did you put that there? And what is this part supposed to be? And, and they're looking for me to be like a tour guide of, of you know, this piece of art. And I don't want to do that. It's, it's what I did. And what you see is what you think it is. Exactly. And I think that's always a good strategy. Now, I've, I've seen quite a few pieces of your work, maybe up to 30, maybe? Yeah. My reaction to them is often a smile or a laugh and a desire to linger longer in front of that piece so that I can study the parts that make up the whole, especially in your assemblages, right? There's so many different things that, that you might put into one. And I, I, I'm not looking for a meaning. I'm, I'm just looking at this piece. It's just an interesting piece and I like looking at it. I, am I doing this wrong? No. Uh, and one of the compliments that I have heard about my artwork from some of the judges, they say that it drew my attention from across the room. Now to me, that's a true compliment. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not criticizing anything that people do, but we have the garden show. There's lots and lots of flowers there. You walk in and you see all kinds of flowers in the gallery. Well, my piece is Bugs Bunny holding a carrot. It's on a palm frond. That's, that's an assemblage. And he got it in the garden, so to me that's... Part of the garden show. Uh, 
it's called, the title of that's called Garden Leveret. And most people don't know that a leveret is a different name for a rabbit. I didn't know that. My other painting, it's called Bob Ross Gets an Idea at Age 12. And it's a young Bob Ross with his face half covered up by this big bouquet of flowers. Well, a couple people said, I don't get it. I just said, just keep looking at it. And, of course, it's the flowers that are all puffed up that will become Bob Ross's hairdo in the future. Yes. They say, oh, I get it now. Okay, good. <laughs> and if they didn't get it, it would still be okay. I don't care. Oh, that is so humorous. Oh, I'm looking at the, the clock right now, Barry, and I see that I went over my usual time that we, we call a break. So... We will take a break, listeners, and uh, we'll be back in just a minute to continue our talk. We'll be right back. I'm Janet Watermeyer, Executive Director of the Visual Arts Center, and I listen to Partnership for the Arts Talk Show. Thank you, Janet Watermeyer, for that message. Janet is the Executive Director of the Visual Arts Center in Punta Gorda, Florida which has excellent art shows every month and open to the public at no charge. We're back from our break, and let me reintroduce to you our guest, Barry Thorne, who's a multimedia artist living in Northport. Well, I have been inspired by different artists in my lifetime. I mentioned Norman Rockwell. Salvador Dali, who was on the cover of Life magazine when I was a kid. I had to look and see about this man because he had such an unusual look. So his artwork was, it's, it still impresses me a great deal. I always toyed with the idea of going into art. In fact, one of the things that I had to decide was what was I going to major in when I went to college and everybody thought I would go into art because they thought that that's all I could do. I wasn't that academically impressive in those days. One of the fortunate things that happened to me was I took art lessons when I was a senior in high school. And I was only 16 when I started my senior year because I had the fortunate or unfortunate circumstance in my life of skipping kindergarten. So that made me very young when I was a senior. That is very young, 16. Yeah, and he taught me oil painting. And I was very impressed with his work. But one of the things I got to do was stay afterwards, and he would let me help him in his studio to pay for my lessons. And I saw what he did, and a lot of it was... To me, hard work, and it wasn't always fun work. It was a job, mm -hmm. and lots of times he seemed like it could be, it could be very frustrating. So I decided not to do that. But art never left my life. When I started teaching high school, I would do if somebody wanted to do uh, have an art project done. I found they were coming to me. I said, "Why don't you go to the art teacher?" And they said. He's too grumpy and he's too busy. <laughs> and I, I would say, well, you know, I'm busy too. Mary, you brought with you today some of examples of your work. So if you could um, take them out and tell our listeners 
what it is that that you brought because obviously you can't see it and um, we can talk a little bit about those pieces uh, one of the things that some students from the yearbook staff approached me with one time is we're going to do this uh, theme this year and it's called the cat in the hat and because our mascot was the bear cat which is a mythical creature but I always drew them the way I thought one might look like a cross between a bear and a cat and a wolf and a dog and whatever just so I would have my own original picture they said well we want the bear cat in the hat but don't draw it too much like the real one because we don't want to get sued I said well you know I'm kind of busy I said I'll just do some quick sketches for you and if you like them I'll refine those a little bit and then we'll go from there well, so I did some sketches, and I promptly forgot about it because your books are just that. They take a year to come out. Yes. Well, next fall came around, and the yearbooks were being passed out. And I thought, oh, well, they didn't get back to me on that. I wonder what the cover looks like. So I looked at the cover, and I said, you know, that's not bad. I think I could have maybe done that well. Mm -hmm. I said, I wonder who did that. So I looked in the back. All the credits, and it yes. says, yes, the cover was done by social studies teacher Barry Thorne. I said, are you kidding me? I didn't even recognize my own art. But it was kind of nice to have a yearbook cover. You know, I didn't realize that that was a yearbook. I really thought that that was a Dr. Seuss book sitting there on the table. Well, I hope it's not still in the scheme of things to get sued for that. Uh, you'll, if you were to see the... Real cat in a hat, you'd see that it's not the quality like the doctor did. But that's it's nice. Your book won lots of awards, but none for the cover. <laughs> <laughs> the other things that are, that are interesting here are these Native American uh, pictures that I have. Prehistoric Native American history is one of my great interests, and because I had that interest, I was called many times to give talks to classes or clubs or people that were interested in it. And I found that there weren't a lot of pictures around of Native Americans as they were in Michigan. Well, one summer I had a job in Marshall, Michigan, and I walked during my lunch period down past this little framing shop that would often have nice art in it. Mm -hmm. And I saw this spectacular artwork, and it was by an artist whose name was Beverly Doolittle. Now, a lot of people aren't familiar with her work, but I would encourage anybody to look up the artwork of Beverly Doolittle because she's a fabulous artist. And she did a lot of work with uh, Native Americans pictured in it. And she did what was called camouflage artwork, and where there were different images in the reflections that are fabulous pieces of artwork. So I decided to do that, to draw and do pen and inks of Native Americans in Michigan. And both of the pictures that I have here, one of Indians mining copper in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan and Native American walking through a forest with our animals that you can see, they're kind of hidden in the background here. Anyway, those wound up being covers for the Wolverine State Archaeological Society magazine that I was the editor of for a 
that was more or less the earlier part of my career doing those things that I mentioned. And then uh, over 10 years ago came to Florida. Do you have another piece? Well, this is, I'll try to explain what's happening here in this picture. First of all, it's mounted on a swivel. Hmm. Uh, the reason that that's on a swivel is that it's up to the person who owns this to put what side up that they want to. Now, what's going on in this picture is it starts out by doing what I call marbling. Now, marbling is when you take spray paint and spray it in a tub of water, and then you put a canvas face down on it, and you never know what is going to come up when you pull it off. Right. And I like that because of a Greek word that's called pareidolia. Pareidolia happens that, this is from my psychology training, your mind is very organized. It likes to give meaning even to things that don't have any meaning. Like, this is why kids go out I, I hope kids still do this, go out in the yard and look at the clouds and say, oh, look at that dragon. That's right. not a dragon, it's a teddy bear. <laughs> we, we did that when we were kids. They probably, kids probably are looking on the internet nowadays. But, uh, and the kids that take my art class at the art center, they always learn that word because I hammer that into them over and over again. Well, this one came out and it didn't look like um, anything in particular had this bright yellow spot in the center. Right. And I said, you know, that kind of looks like an explosion. A lot of these marbling things, they kind of look like space or nebulas or things like that. And I said, well, you know what, I'll just do different time periods. So what you have here is like the center of this would be like the, uh, an explosion in the cosmos, kind of like a Big Bang Theory approach. And then you have life beginning on Earth from single-celled organisms. And then it goes, as it turns, it uh, goes to the age of the dinosaurs. And I was able to paint my favorite dinosaur, a triceratops, in there. And then it goes to the Ice Age, and I have a, a mammoth in here. And that's one of my favorite Times. I, I loved geography classes when I was in college. I had a fabulous teacher. And in fact, that's my screen name, Ice Age Before You, because he was such a great teacher. And then it goes to all these different times. And you can turn this any way you want to. In fact, I brought it down here one time for a show. Mm -hmm. And this irritates people. When I was down here, I would just turn it, yeah. And it doesn't have to be square with the lines in the wall. I would turn it. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes. It, Somewhat askew, is, yes. Maybe this is why it never sold. It, it irritates people too much. <laughs> but uh, I know that I have long been destined to trouble the sleep of the world. That's a quote by Sigmund <laughs> Freud. But that kind of describes me, too. I kind of like that quote. Yeah, that's a, a good philosophy to have. It disturbs them in a good way. I'm not being... Deviant Victor, no, but I, you, I, I hope you know, not. you think out of the box, and I, I really appreciate that. Well, thank you. Thank you very much, sir. Now, 
Do you have another piece that you'd like to share with us? Uh, our friend Cheryl Unwin likes this because it's got the British flag in here. Yes. And then I did this kind of a pinball theme to it of a pinball machine getting, getting broken apart. And uh, of course Cheryl likes it because it kind of looked like Keith Moon to her of the Who, one of her favorite groups and also one of her favorite musicians. Right. So I just put a bunch of color in this and uh, sometimes uh, I just like to make things really colorful and that's kind of like... Well, that's very psychedelic. Yeah. Um, the, the frame itself it looks like either it, it, it started off as a navy blue or a black yeah. uh, wooden style frame and then you put on some some large dots and smaller dots and then some squiggly lines going from from the inside edge to the outside edge and uh, it's a variety of colors there where I see like a a greenish gold I see a, kind of a, a pink color maybe somebody would call it something else other than pink and whites uh, it's a psychedelic very frame in itself and then the next part inside the frame is a very unusual kind of a of a paper was was it did it start from paper or did you make that yeah, it's, yourself it's paper. It's just, okay yeah. it almost looks like sequins have that have been applied to to yeah. a, a hard surface yeah because they're very big metallic highly reflective yeah. pieces and then you have the actual uh, painting that you referred to as uh, the pinball uh, theme to it, and I was wondering at first when when I saw it if whether or not that was the pinball wizard that yeah. I was looking at. Yes, very nice, very psychedelic. Yeah, I, I like the art of that time period. That was around when I was in my undergrad, and I kind of collected those posters that came mm. out of the Fillmore Auditorium, and I wish I still had them. Oh, they would be Just, worth something. Oh, they are. I see them occasionally on the antiques roadshow and they were just you know you could buy them for two dollars back in those days and they're just worth and if they're in good shape they're worth a lot of money today yes barry i wanted to ask you uh one last thing before before we have to go and and that is um what's happening at the northport art center someone today told me that there is a sign out in front of the building that says for lease that's true. I don't know if I did tell you this. It's kind of been in the city's plans that they're going to do something different with that area. They uh, want to develop that. And that's a very old building to begin with. It, it was is. Never, it's a tired building. Yeah. It was never meant to be really what it was. It was a, a building that people would come and pay their utility bills for the city of Northport. And it has been just modified to be the best it can be to be an art center. But we know, uh, at least we think we know, that our time is limited there uh, as far as what the, the city's plans are for us and that it's in the future that the Northport Art Center, if it's going to continue, will be hopefully someplace else. Hmm. Wow. That's that, that really came as a shock to me today. And it's, it's a sad story because the Northport Arts Center, I think, offers so much to that local community. You have the, the children's art program in, in the late afternoon or early evening. You also have the summer camp 
program going, and then during the day you have the, uh, the adult programs. It, it, it offers a lot. It really does, and uh, our, that's how I got involved with the Art Center in the first place, is to uh, teach kids classes since I had been, even though it was with high school and college students, you know, teaching is kind of universal. And I had worked with young students before as well. Uh, that's how I got associated there in the beginning. And we have an exceptional youth program. And I hope the city realizes that that's, you know, these kids are going to grow up someday and they're going, they've got art in their blood now. They're, they're going to want a place to do that and a place to display their artwork. I, I hope that uh, in the future we do indeed continue to be part of North Park because I believe that art's a very important part in people's lives. I agree with you, 100%. And Barry, we are pretty much out of time and I want to thank you so much for coming here and sharing with us your story, your art, and for being such a good diplomat for the Northport Art Center. Well, thank you, Victor. I uh, probably wouldn't have done this if anybody else would have asked me, but you are a gentleman and I respect you and you are extremely talented in many areas, but especially as an artist. Thank, well, thank you, you so much. I appreciate that. Well, I encourage our listeners to support your local artists and your local arts center. Be a volunteer or write a check. Well, until then, be well. Partnership for the Arts. Come join us as we explore the world of art. You can find us on our Facebook page at Partnership for the Arts Group Talk Show. Or you can find us on our new website at pftatalkshow.org. PFTA Talk Show is recorded at the Visual Arts Center in Punta Gorda, Florida.